millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This episode of the Cult Pop Show podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch, get up to two extra exclusive podcasts a month, give us something to talk about in the post credit scene at the end of each episode, or join us for our monthly movie club Zoom call where we discuss a film together, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash cultpopshow. You're excited, I can see it. I can see it in your eyes. I am. And do you, do you know how you can see these eyes so clearly mm. is through my New glasses. glasses. Um, I technically said it before you said it, meaning I did notice. <laughs> um, because these glasses, I, I, as you can see, I'm wearing, I don't need to describe them, but you can see them. Um, these glasses that I'm wearing, uh, I haven't worn for a while. You might remember I wore them a mm. uh, wee bit while I was down in Christchurch last time. Uh, mm. And then I lost them for like, when was that like two months ago almost mm. um yeah i lost them for like two months and then i found them well jess found them actually i should say uh they were in the bathroom um <laughs> and so now i've started wearing them again because I, I, I couldn't find them anywhere i've been wearing my other ones yeah i i bought uh two new pairs of glasses about three years ago and Red i and bought blue. a blue a blue pair and i said it first so technically i did (laughs) (laughs) Um, an identical red pair that i was going to wear for fancy occasions but i went to so few fancy occasions that i ended up losing my red pair i couldn't find them anywhere and i was so upset with myself because who what kind of loser richard loses their glasses (laughs) i was like i was like this is an ominous sign of like the state of my bedroom that i can't find a pair of glasses um i think i did did find them again um but it's getting to the point where i feel like i need to get new glasses again right. and it's like i've barely worn the red ones what a waste of money uh, no i think but you you may not go to many fancy events but um i guess because you go to so few <laughs> um like all the photos that you take of yourself um mm. are, are usually wearing the red glasses because it's like, well, I'm going to a fancy event. Better take a photo, and then that becomes your profile picture. So I, it, I'm, I feel like I'm so used to seeing you in those, yeah. um, in those right. ones. Yeah, right. That makes sense. It's like a Bart Simpson orange shirt versus blue shirt situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, hello everybody. My name is AJ, and uh, over there is Richard. We're here talking about glasses, and Richard, we're going to talk about lost glasses a little bit later on in the show as well. <laughs> Uh, but this is Film Franchise Fortnights on the Cold Popshire podcast. This is usually a podcast where every fortnight we cover a different film franchise, but in one of our many uh, rapidly um, increasing versions of this type of show, uh, we're doing part two of a four-week series, which means it's not Film Franchise Fortnights, it's Film Franchise Week for four weeks. A month, if yeah, you Yeah, Film Franchise Month. And that franchise, the reason we're doing it week to week is because that franchise is The Mummy. Now, 
I know, I know what you're, you're thinking. thinking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are not quite yet up to the Brendan Fraser mummy movies. We started last week by redoing a franchise that we did in the first year of the podcast, which was the Universal Mummy movies. And next week, we're going to do the Brendan Fraser mummy series. Uh, but this week, we are talking, of course, about the Hammer mummy movies or the four films released from the late 50s and to the early 70s that have been categorized as the mm. Hammer series, uh, aka films about the mummy that were produced by Hammer Film Productions, yeah. a British company who for many years copied universal horror movies like Frankenstein and Dracula, getting away with it by adhering closer to the public domain source material than the American cinematic versions. Uh, and in the case of Dracula, uh, which also starred Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee as the mummy movies did mm-hmm. uh they kind of usurped universal in creating the definitive oh, pop word, cultural AJ. image fuck off <laughs> oh what a callback <laughs> it's all worth it everyone who's listened from the start of the show oh my yeah. point Evil is, is that, that was yeah yeah the christopher lee version of dracula is the version that had fangs had red eyes and like kind of a sexual vibe (laughs) seemed like a guy who fucked (laughs) (laughs) um and that's sort of what we think of as dracula today you know and Mm. and it's funny that the the what is ostensibly the british remake of the american that's interesting yeah is the is the i I do want to before we get too far into this i just want to check are we doing are we going to do like a stop hammer time joke at any point in this podcast or the idea of doing any hammer related pun uh did not even occur to me because i detest pun humor so much Mm. that only now that you're saying it am i consciously realizing that hammer is a word outside of the but is saying stop hammer time a pun i guess it's not if if like these movies were called the slammer movies and you were like stop slammer time that'd be a pun what the fuck? but this is just it is literally hammer time that we're doing these yeah, and we're doing the mummy like, exactly, week two right? stop hammer time yeah, it's just a cute reference. I'll, I'll give you that. Well, okay, a pun is a joke exploiting the different possible meanings of a word or the fact that there are words which sound alike but have different meanings. So I guess... So I want my mummy would be a pun. Yeah, yeah. But... Which would be a good name for a mummy-based podcast. Um, I Like... I want my hammer. Not really a turn of phrase, yeah. but technically still a pun. Yeah, but, but like, yeah, hammer, stop hammer time probably is a pun by definition because you're using the definition like MC Hammer mm. plus, um, you know, the, the well, hammer, hammer in, in the production company refers to a surname as well. Right, yes. No, so I, I would comfortably say that that's it would a pun. Be a, it think, would yeah. be a pun. Yeah, but that being said, Stop Hammer Time would be a good name for a podcast that covers Hammer horror movies. Yeah, sure. There you go. We got there. All right. Uh, By the late 50s, Universal was the American distributor of Hammer horror movies. So a deal was made where Hammer could take their pick from Universal's back catalogue and they chose The Mummy, taking the name of the 1932 original film we watched last week, but remaking using making making a film called the mummy but remaking the four cutty space sequels 
from the Universal series into one mm. movie, which, Richard, is actually almost what I pitched for my Continue the Franchise mm. at the end of last week's episode. I said, take the four Carice movies and turn them into one better movie, but I was saying, take the existing footage and edit right, it. Right, yeah, this that's interesting. I completely thing. forgot that that was your Continue the Franchise because when I uh, immediately deleted all knowledge of The Mummy uh, from my mind... <laughs> from your brain? <laughs> yeah, I um, I also took with it the my knowledge of the podcast (laughs) that's tragic Mm. (laughs) the success of the hammer mummy movie in 1959 sorry the hammer what movie hammer mummy movie i've never heard that word (laughs) (laughs) it led to what could be regarded as sequels (laughs) but a really really richard just three other movies about mummies (laughs) (laughs) they're not really sequels these include the curse of the mummy's tomb in 1964 the mummy's shroud in 1967 and blood from the mummy's tomb in 1971 maybe the most enigmatic title of the whole mummy Mm. mega franchise blood from from the mummy's tomb from blood from the mummy's war from the planet of the apes So, the first film, The Mummy, 1959. This was directed by Terence Fisher. Do you know what it has on Rotten Tomatoes? No clue. It's got 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. Fuck that. What is this movie about? Uh, so, people are searching for the tomb of Ananka. Just before they enter, this Egyptian uh, warns them not to go in or they'll fucking die. Yeah. They ignore him and they find the mummy. And then, of course, one of them finds the scroll of life. Uh, the others leave and then come back. And the guy who found the scroll is like catatonic. Cut mm-hmm. to three years later. Um, the catatonic dude awakes from his comatose state. Uh, and he recounts what happens and reveals he accidentally brought Karis back to life. Blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Buried alive. Blah, blah. Loved the princess. Then, I don't know, <laughs> mummy killing rampage, person who resembles the princess, etc., <laughs> etc. And then the film ends when the mummy sinks into a quagmire with the yes. scroll of life. Yep. Uh, so the main character in this film is actually the son of the the guy who went crazy from discovering the tomb. And that son is played by Peter Cushing of uh, Star Wars. He played Tarkin in mm. Star Wars in the first Star Wars movie. And, uh, and not Rogue only one. is it, it was or sort did of. He? No, it's not only very strange to see Peter Cushing in anything other than Star Wars, even though clearly he was like the face of Hammer Horror movies, because mm. um, him and Christopher Lee played the hero and the monster in Frankenstein and Dracula, as well as the mummy. Um, but it's even weirder to see a movie where a man who I see as ancient uh, <laughs> plays someone's son. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's really bizarre. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And also, and also, like a man who just looks so evil. Yes, like, playing the hero, yeah. playing the good guy. Christopher Lee looks more good than yeah. Peter Cushing. <laughs> what did you think of this movie, man? I didn't like it. No. No. When will it end? When will I, this I, grudge I, you've got? I doubt it will end. Ah, <laughs> oh, do you have any any? Do you want to elaborate on not liking it at all? Uh, so the kind of the main the big bad of the film is this mummy, and I was like, mm. I've seen this before. <laughs> don't like this, well, uh, and that was kind of like my take mummies. on it. Uh, yeah, I don't. Um, 
I don't know. No, I, I, I prefer the design of the mummy in this franchise, but that's more of like a the whole franchise mm. thing, uh, or this, yeah. you know, the, the Hammer series. Uh, and I don't know. It was nice seeing it in color. What do you, What do you want me to say? Mm. Uh, <laughs> it's well, the same I, I fucking mean, I, movie. <laughs> I thought it was an immediate step up from what we've seen. Already. Yeah, it was. Like, this and it, it felt no, like a- AJ. I hated this film, but it was a big <laughs> step up. <laughs> um, there were moments which I think would have genuinely scared audiences in 1959. I thought the acting was pretty good. I thought the the story was pretty solid. It is something we've seen <laughs> roughly six times already, mm. but <laughs> I get it. Never in color, but <laughs> but it is in color and has Christopher Lee, who's a good time. Yeah, Christopher Lee and know? Peter Cushing did um elevate the movie. Uh, definitely. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's similar kind of thing like because peter cushing it's like in this like you said like you still you're like that guy's fucking ancient but christopher lee is like oh my god like he's so young looks like a little yeah, boy well, you only see him in human form when uh he's doing is it would it be blackface it would be blackface wouldn't it it's <laughs> like a flashback to yeah. ancient egypt a when flash he's the, black a flash black if you will <laughs> Sorry, sorry, I know we're uh, not doing puns. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, for most of the movie, he's completely covered in bandages. Mm. Um, as you can imagine, I'm sure, if you've ever seen a movie. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this film is set in 1895, making it the earliest set mummy movie we've seen yet. Um, it takes place 27 years before the discovery of King Tut's tomb, and I thought that was interesting. Wow! When it when it, the first scene happens, and then it cuts to Britain, nineteen oh, eighteen ninety five, and I was like, "So is this a flashback? What's going mm. on?" <laughs> like, well, a a lot of it takes place three years after that. Um, yeah, but the, yeah, is this? No, sorry, sorry. Eighteen ninety five is the three years after it. I think not according to Wikipedia. Not? Um, what are you doing on Wikipedia? Get off of that. Well, how am I supposed to know what the films are about? <laughs> I, I certainly didn't watch them. <laughs> no, you're you're right. Yep. Yeah, because yeah, I, 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 tr- I tried to find out like when the like like when did people know about mummies? You know, when when did modern culture mm. first hear of the 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 tale of the mummy? Because yeah, like we know when when King Tut's. Um, tits listen to your tits uh i'll let let you make fun of yourself for that uh when king (laughs) tun carmen's tomb was found um which is one of those things that's like i feel i I might have said this before already but like i feel like i used to see that like the you know the famous the face on on king tun carmen's um Mm. thing i feel like i used to see that all the time and i I haven't seen it in like a decade um yeah yeah (laughs) but but like it, it's such a like primary school thing i remember i made this real fucking cool like painting of it which was like the the paint was like mixed with sand and it was like this mm. really cool textured painting mm. what do i happen to that i feel like if like going through an like in the same way there are horse girls and car boys there are, there are ancient t- egypt two carmen boys <laughs> like i like my brother was obsessed with ancient egypt i have multiple friends who when they were younger were obsessed with ancient egypt i kind of never quite got on the train but I, you know i've always passively interested were you were you an egypt kid uh no nah, i'm trying to think of what nah well <laughs> i mean i guess 
and the, because like Yu-Gi-Oh is like related to ancient yeah. Egypt, and yeah, that was yeah, yeah. you know I was into that, so I guess yeah. tangentially, maybe that's why my brother liked Yu-Gi-Oh so much. Um, they, <laughs> but do you, do you know what? I, like you, you, you recognize that that's absolutely like an archetype of kid, right? Like the ancient Egypt kid. Uh, n- uh, no. You don't really. You didn't know any no, ancient Egypt kids. I disagree. You disagree that you didn't know any ancient Egypt kid, kids. You heard me. What do you think the uh, reception was to this film? Good. Hmm. Well, despite it having 89% on Ron Tomatoes, <laughs> it seems that people just don't like The Mummy. <laughs> like, we learned this last week that, like, like this everyone's is like, this is the worst universal horror monster. All contemporary reviews for this movie are like, oh, it's fine, but it's no Dracula. It's no Frankenstein. Right, yeah. You know? Yeah. God, like, because this was, like, a hard-fought campaign to get us to do these films. <laughs> because it's because... Do you know what's funny? There are 19 films people fought for us to watch. It's because they're like one of them. It's because yeah. one of those movies, a lot of people, including myself, not including you, uh, really mm-hmm. like. And I... I Look... About a couple of months ago, people were just, you know, talking in our Discord on um, what should be the next franchise. There was a vote going on on our Patreon, patreon.com slash If you want to get involved for as little as a dollar a month, you could make it happen too. Uh, And someone, one of the like leading options was written on Patreon by someone as like Brendan Fraser mummies, mummy movies. And people are like, oh, should we vote for this or vote for Planet of the Apes? This conversation's happening across days, and I don't say anything because it doesn't look like the mummy's going to win. But then, then it starts rising up the ranks, and I go into the Discord, Richard, and I say, we can't just do the Brendan Fraser mummy movies. As much as I love that those movies... Um, or at least one of them, uh, at least two of them. Um, th- as much as I love at least two of them, w- since when have we just done one iteration of a franchise? I'll tell you since when, since we last did The Mummy, okay? Mm. So, and, and and I was so angry that people were voting for this when it's like the podcast, by like it lives and dies, it literally lives and dies by having to do everything, by comprehensive coverage, mm. you know, for better or for worse. Yeah. And in this case... <laughs> probably for worse and yeah. so, like it, it, say say uh the mummy hadn't won the redux and mm. we were doing sister of the Chilling pants we would have done it by now yeah um and god oh, oh, imagine a world we imagine a world where we've done sister of the Chilling pants again mm. instead of the mummy yeah like what would happen then if people were like oh i want the mummy after that i wouldn't allow I, it I, but I, I would just say that we could get away with just doing the hammer mm. fraser and um scorpion king yeah because we've already it's like hey yeah we 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 did universal already mm. um and but be, but it was because it happened so close to when redux was happening anyway yeah that we had to do this but yeah i mean i, I think we i think we should have just done <laughs> <laughs> you you when i wrote all this out in the discord you responded with a gif of um of Falcon from Falcon and the Winter Soldier saying uh, he's out of line, but he's right. And I thought that was really funny and very, very uh, in line with our Abbott and Costello dynamic, Richard, where like what you said was technically supportive of me in a way that I was very grateful for, but also acknowledged that you yourself did not want to redo 
<laughs> the Mummy movies. Um, so I've got a piece of dumb IMDb trivia. Maybe I have, I have three pieces of dumb IMDb trivia for The Mummy. Thank 1959, God. racing through these movies even quicker than we'd race through. Let's do it in under an hour. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, the Hammer films had already done remakes of The Curse of Frankenstein, 1957, and Dracula, 1958. This was the first film made after Hammer reached an official agreement with Universal Pictures, then Universal International, allowing them to do remakes of the classic horror, horror films. In this film... For example, the agreement with Universal dash, International dash, dash. allowed them to use the name Carice. And it's like, yeah, it's a fucking remake. Just list one example. Like, yeah, that's, that is one example. I could list 50 other examples. <coughs> uh, this, there's an next piece. Uh, this film is a hundred percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes based off eight critic reviews. Uh, well, it now has nine critic reviews and is at eighty nine percent. You're dumb, <laughs> IMDb. It. Uh, and lastly, body count five. Then in parentheses, excluding the flashback where dozens are killed during a Nunca's burial. I just think that should count towards the body count. Excluding the Muppets one. Uh, yeah, uh, Kermit's the only one who appears from the Muppet Show, unless you count the other characters that appear from the Muppet <laughs> Show. It's like, I absolutely do count those. Yeah, yeah, what do you mean? Of course I count them. <laughs> All right, any any stray loose thoughts on the mummy 1959? No, I'm just trying to find when the what the last episode of film franchise Fortnite's under 1 hour was. Um I don't think we're going to be able to do it. What? Not with that attitude. <laughs> uh, I like I like that this is a race and I like that by clarifying that I like it, I am shortening the amount of time we have to do even more. I think that's fun. Um, do, do, what would you guess is the last one under an hour? Uh, the Cinderella story. Uh, no. Uh, what's an episode that you would have wanted to be over as quick as possible? Yu-Gi-Oh? No, that went for ages. Robocop. Ah, uh, okay. Is that under an ah. hour? <laughs> <laughs> Robocop's 54 minutes and 28 seconds, August 19th, 2019. Wow. That's over two. That's over a year and a half ago, is it? Mm. The yeah, Mummy's Tomb. The Curse of the Mummy's Tomb. I beg your pardon, Richard. The Curse of the Mummy's Tomb. We watched the Mummy's Tomb last week. It was one of them. I couldn't tell you which one. I know it wasn't the first second or sixth one but it could have been the third fourth or fifth i don't know uh, the curse of the mummy's tomb came out in 1964 this was directed by michael carreras and it's not the last time we'll see that name in this podcast what do you think okay. this has on ron tomatoes don't care neither does critics doesn't have a score <laughs> this has a 30 percent audience score for what it's worth uh what is this movie about uh, so Ra Antef, the mummy, mm-hmm. is found. Mm. The artifacts are brought back to London. They want to put it on display, but shock horror, the mummy comes to life, etc., etc. This this is a literal B movie. Like it's literally a B movie about a B. (laughs) No, I mean that it's it's a B movie. (laughs) It's about a B. It's it was the second half of a double feature. Um, This film supported the slightly more prestigious film, The Gorgon. Do you know what a Gorgon is? Uh, Yeah, Medusa's a Mm, Gorgon. Correct. What did you think of the Curse of the Mummy's Tomb? Wasn't a fan. What? <laughs> Un- 
unbelievable. Richard, we have never once covered a movie on this podcast that... That I didn't like. <laughs> that I have struggled to even visualize more than this one. <laughs> like, yeah. there have been movies where I didn't understand. Like, a classic example I always go back to is um, A Fistful of Dollars. A heist movie. Or any any given heist movie we've covered, a fistful of dollars. I remember was a movie that we watched, and we were both like, "Fuck, I have no idea what's happening in this movie." Yeah, but God, this- that was satisfying seeing the reviews. That are like, "Yeah, this one's not very good. It's pretty confusing." <laughs> so it's like, are we just fucking <laughs> stupid? <laughs> even even I feel like the Godzilla movies that we covered were more defined, like distinguishable than this. Yeah, exactly. Because Godzilla is like, okay, what is the monster? What look, is the look monster? Like that he fights in this one. Yeah, this one. Uh, I think they're on a boat at one point, which made me think there should be a mummy movie where they're on a boat, and that could have been my continue mummy the takes franchise. Manhattan. But it's not my continue the franchise anymore. Um, the the mummy's boat, because like wasn't Tutankhamun on Titanic or something? There was a there was a mummy, an undead mummy on Titanic, yeah. and a, a, an undead mummy. There was so, an undead uh, sorry, mummy there was on a Titanic. dead mummy. There, there was a <laughs> there was a dead mummy on Titanic. And when it sank, the death toll was like included the already dead body that was aboard the ship. And this is like a fun little trivia piece of dumb IMDb trivia from real life. It's that that <laughs> they counted the the dead the already dead body as one of the dead in Titanic. Maybe this is yeah. an urban legend. But anyway, I think it might be. the point is is that that there's a relationship between cruise ships and mummies that I would like to exploit, but not in this episode and probably not ever. Um, <laughs> I'm beginning to see that this is what I've written an hour ago and don't remember what I'm talking about. I think I'm beginning to see that the better mummy movies are defined by their interesting characters. Especially because... Mm, by, uh, by starring Brendan Fraser. Yeah, yeah. Because the mummy is such an inherently boring character uh, exactly. for, for so much of these so many of these movies even when christopher lee plays them or boris well, yeah because because you you think like oh okay yeah what well, you're silent killer and then it's like well you guys liked freddie vs J- or like mm. jason Voorhees. Mm. you guys like michael myers and mm. it's like at least they get creative like uh, to be fair okay we get some creative kills in the next film Woo! but um but yeah like, like as like evidenced Jason by the fact is, you even remember that we have creative kills in the next film don't remember what they are <laughs> but yeah like like the fact that they yeah, yeah, like they're they're still exciting, and um, yeah, even even just the fact that it's like I don't know, maybe it's like they're not trying as hard to be real films. Mm. Like it feels like these are like trying to be prestigious horror. You know, they're mm. they're trying to have a message and and a plot, and it's like no, don't make me care about the characters. I like I, I'm not going to mm. just give me some memorable kills. That's mm. that's and maybe that's something that up until Halloween in 1978 wasn't actually really because that's like the first like i mean there was um can't remember what's the name of the, the like there's the one that film that's considered the first um slasher film but i don't remember halloween what it is, was a very but... early one yeah um yeah uh but halloween was was not long after it, and that was kind of like yeah whereas like these are haven't quite worked out what makes a slasher film work yet mm. yeah um yeah i liked that this one has like a morally corrupt figure at the center of it there's a guy named alexander king who's like he he's he's found the mummy and he wants to he's he's like dunham and or denim and king kong like he wants to show off the mummy that he's found show off his genes yeah he's, he's like this this greedy because he's denim he wants to show off the, the yeah because it's a pun uh greedy sh- he's a greedy <laughs> showman trying to make money it's a tale as old as time he gets killed by the mummy and 
And I feel like characters like that really sing in movies like this, where it's like, yeah, exactly. he's like, evil, but he's yeah. got a personality. Like, Yeah, and then also, like, yeah, you, you love to see characters like that get their comeuppance as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, and it's, and it's, and, and again, it's that kind of like when, when the slasher movie, well, the, the, the formula for this kind of movie was worked out, it's that. Yeah, like it, it's it's like killing the cat kind of moments mm. where it's like let's just do, you know, obviously like cartoonishly reprehensible things, mm. uh, and then they get what's coming to them. And yeah. sometimes that's just having sex, you know, having yeah. premarital sex or yeah. doing drugs. And it's like yeah, you you get those cartoonishly those... reprehensible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's why I've never done it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the ending of this film is real weird. It takes place in a sewer, uh, and the building just collapses on the mummy after mm. he's kidnapped the woman that resembles the princess that he was in love with. Um, the villain of the film uh, is this guy who's like kind of like this other. Everyone in these films is British, and it makes it very hard to figure out who the good guys are <laughs> because I'm so. There's one one villain that talks, like- <laughs> and then a real snidely character that talks like this. <laughs> no, it's just I'm used to seeing horror movies where if someone's got a British accent, they're probably the bad guy. Or like, yeah. you know, like Star Wars and stuff like that. Not that they're horror movies, but the villain in this is a very upper class British person who's who's like constantly mm. clearly like undermining them and trying to like steal whatever it like he's it's it's unclear what his motives are, but you know they're they're not good. Um at the end it's revealed that he's been alive for like four thousand years and he was there when, we all? when the mummy <laughs> living through twenty twenty. <laughs> Um, when 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 the mummy uh, watching these movies when the mummy was a person wasn't a mummy and when they got mummified yeah. they, they, they were there um, and so he's been alive for 4,000 years I've written here too well adjusted Mm, you're right, this for- is a uh, this is a Janet Van Dyne situation. Yeah, yeah, you're alive for four thousand years. You're telling me you're a a very dapper Englishman. <laughs> like- you keep up with meme culture. <laughs> yeah. like, um, it also follows that all too familiar template that you mentioned before, Richard, and I also mentioned. Um, of falling in love with the reincarnation something that it's one of those things i didn't know this was what the mummy is about until rewatching and watching mm. these new ones is that, that in the brenda fraser ones it, yes absolutely um but because those are the first ones i saw it was like oh this yeah. is new and now i'm going back and be like oh so the basic structure of a mummy movie is not just there's a mummy the the puzzle piece is also that they need right. someone that they're in love with because yada 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 um but the problem with this movie is it takes so long to get to that point that by the time he's kidnapped the girl and they're going into the sewers it's like fuck it's taking ages <laughs> but then at the same time <laughs> such a degree of nothingness happens in this movie richard that as the credits rolled i checked the stream i was watching it on because i was like was this really an hour 20 it felt like i've been sitting here for like an hour and which 4, is four thousand which is it's weird because usually these movies you go like it's only an hour long but it felt like i was there for a hundred years hundred four thousand years but in this case it was like so little happens that i was like did i really just watch an hour 20 minute movie because it doesn't mm. feel like i did yeah yeah um and, and and it's still that also that thing of 
the credits just start rolling and you're like, oh, oh okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, even in uh, 1964, we're still checking the time to see there's four seconds left. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the title was misspelled on the Blu-ray spine. When this was released on Blu-ray, it was on the spine. It's called Curious of the Mummy's Tomb. C-U-R-E-S-E. Curious of the Mummy's Tomb. Very funny. According to IMDb, Richard, for the Australian release poster, the painting of Jean Rowland was altered so that she appeared heavily gagged rather than screaming, which I think, by any measure, is worse than screaming. And what, and what, and what upside down rating system does it rating like the, the, the people go like, uh, screaming's a little bit inappropriate. Let's put a gag in her mouth and that'll make like, it better. It, like when you say heavily gagged, is it like, uh like a ball gag in her mouth or do you know like, it's, i didn't even look it up i just thought that's a funny thing to say i i found her screaming but mm. what what did you what did you say was australian australian, australian release curse of the mummy's tomb australian <laughs> oh god this is horrific <laughs> what happened no oh, oh okay okay right yeah, I actually found it. If you want, I'll send it to you. Okay. Um, it, it's it's like a um a bandage around her mouth kind of thing. Ah. It 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 looks like um it looks like she's bloody straight out of twenty twenty. Um <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it is wearing a mask. It's not um, yeah, it's not as uh, as bad as I thought it would be. To be honest. Okay. No, fair enough. There you go. It's it's more like a bandana. Oh it's my like she's god! A train that, robbery. That the cover that looks like shit. Yeah. What an awful poster for this movie. <laughs> Yeah. It looks like a cartoon. <laughs> what well, is a cartoon? But, yeah. Um yeah, that's yeah okay, pretty, but pretty the crazy. movie isn't. All right. Do you have any thought any other stray thoughts on the curse of the mummies too? We're going to keep going. <laughs> keep the train going. Do you, do you think I do? No. The the mummy's shroud. 1967. What an insane title. <laughs> the mummy's shroud. <laughs> yeah. Explain. Shroud. What? A shroud's a thing. How many? Like, why is shroud a? It's like an ancient Egyptian cloth. I think shroud is appropriate. Yeah, but it's it's like, why is the word shroud in the title of the film? <laughs> I think it's cool. This is directed by John Gilling, a name I recognised before looking up to discover I didn't recognise it. Uh, what do you think this has on Rotten Tomatoes? I'm guessing it doesn't have one. None have one. There's a 19% audience score. What is this movie about? Alrighty. Um, set in 1920, but then it flashes back to ancient Egypt. A, a, a little boy, Pharaoh, <laughs> is killed and buried. Hmm. Then in 1920, they find the tomb, and of course, there's a curse. There's a curse, of course. Mm. Um, they get bad luck for des- desecrating the body. The mummy's revived. What? But kills but, are more interesting. I'll give it there. Importantly, and, though, as well, the mummy is not the little pharaoh boy. It's the servant. They they find hmm. they find the little pharaoh boy's mummy, but it's actually the mummy of the servant who protected him in his dying days that comes to life and is attacking people because the shroud that covered the little pharaoh was disrupted, and so that brings him to life hmm. and to to get revenge. Uh, and then yeah, the, like I said, the kills are more interesting in this one. But then yeah. Of Obviously, they destroy the mummy at the end of it. Um, yeah, can you remember the kills? 
Um, there's he throws a guy out a window. He yeah. uh, throws like sulfuric acid on a guy. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's very very slasher esque, really. Uh, yeah, and, and and like and so this this is why I I think I kind of enjoyed this one more. Mm. Um, I, I hated it. Oh. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Well, so this yeah. was a B movie as well for a, for a film called Frankenstein Created Woman. Uh, and I have to say, oh. you may have hated it, but I think this is the best one we've seen for film franchise Fortnite so far out of the, the ones we've watched. Um, it felt like there were genuine pieces of filmmaking being employed. There's a there's a, mm. a, a particularly like lavish musical score that really like accentuated some really cool moments, like very like uh, uh, the ancient Egyptian moments of these like swelling orchestral score that I really liked. Um, I thought it was an interesting new motivation for the mummy that it's someone protecting it's like a servant of another pharaoh protecting the child pharaoh is you mm. know it's it's not the yeah, and looking for yeah, the loved yeah. lost long lost reincarnated like reincarnated yeah, and it's something lady. like that that i i would maybe want to see in a like you know a, a, mm. a new version mm. as well is that like yeah it's a it's a more interesting motivation like yeah like like exploring different types of love i guess mm. um, yeah, rather yeah. than just like romantic love that it's like yeah yeah i mm. think that's more interesting yeah uh there's also another greedy capitalist character who serves as sort of the true villain of the film the uh, uh, jeff bezos of the film yeah uh i thought there was also some genuinely spooky moments uh but that being said this is the worst looking mummy um it looks like someone wrapped in bandages with a face like drawn on them. Show, yeah. um and i thought the ending was a bit of a letdown because it's just sort of they toss the magical item which might be the shroud i can't remember and they have to mm. basically recite something recite like a curse they've known since the start of the film while holding the object and that destroys the mummy and there's a really cool moment where it like crumples to dust and you see it's like skull and it's done just look up death of the mummy in the mummy shroud it's very cool um mm. there's the the feeble manservant to the to the capitalist bad guy in this um has a pretty interesting and scary death where uh, he he's like this sniveling Smithers type of character. Um, mm. And he breaks his glasses that he's been wearing the whole film. And he's like, oh, he can't see anything. And then the mummy appears to him as like this amorphous blob in front of him. So he can't tell it's the mummy before it throws him out the window. And it's kind of clumsy, but it's interesting because this is achieved to a much spookier effect in the 1999 mummy. The same character loses their glasses, sees a shape and a blurry shape that ends up being the mummy um and i thought that was interesting because it's another case like we had with the planet of the apes where mm. a reboot is borrowing something from one of the more obscure corners of the like the like um the simpsons rise of the apes borrowed from that's stop the planet of the apes i want to get that's up. exactly what i was talking about Okay, a guy <laughs> named Eddie Powell played the mummy in this, and he was Christopher Lee's stuntman on Dracula. What do you think of that, Richard? Uh, I don't know. Is that supposed to be dumb IMDb trivia? No, it... I didn't say it was dumb. I know, Did but I? I'm like, well, the, uh, yeah, it's. I, I don't think it's good enough to warrant being um, legitimate IMDb trivia, but okay. You don't think that's that'd be a good piece of IMDb trivia? No, I mean, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, okay. Yeah, cool. Good then. The I could be wrong, but I think this is the this is the first time 
um, the mummy kills people in other ways than strangling. I I, I think so. I yeah. Mm. There's a lot of off scene off screen strangulations that yeah. you know might be other things. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and it's crazy to me that it took until 1999 to figure out that the the way the mummy kills you should be supernatural in nature. Like that feels so <laughs> obvious, obviously, because that's scarier. You can strangle someone in real life. <laughs> I have. You can throw someone out a window. It's scarier if the <laughs> thing they do is supernatural, and that's just when my I opinion. said. I haven't. I wasn't saying I haven't thrown someone out a window. I was correcting myself from earlier saying I haven't strangled someone. Right. I also haven't thrown someone okay. out the window. Thank you. Uh, Blood from the Mummy's Tomb, Richard. It came out in 1971. It was directed mostly by a guy named Seth Holt and unofficially by a guy named Michael Carreras, uh, who we've seen before. Direct- yes, you're right. He directed The Curse of the Mummy's Tomb. What do you think this has on Ron Tomatoes? I'm guessing it doesn't have one. It doesn't have one, but it does have a 34% audience score. Uh, what is this movie about? Uh, so the tomb of an ancient Egyptian queen is found. Um, the guy that finds the tomb, mm-hmm. his daughter, looks exactly like the queen. Uh, and then there's like yeah, they need to collect all these relics. And each time you like get a relic or give up a relic, you, you die. Um, the mummy wakes up and kills the main guy, but then the girl, the daughter, stabs her, mm. and then the house collapses on both of them, and then at the end, because these two women look identical, played by the same actress, um, you, someone is rescued, and the, someone wakes up in hospital covered in bandages, but you don't know who it is. Mm. I thought this was a like a 1 out of 10 movie with a 10 out of 10 ending. The, to to have a mummy yeah. movie that ends with the, and this is the first one where the mummy isn't an undead they're not wrapped in bandages and then end mm. it with someone that could be one of two characters wrapped in bandages at a hospital looking into a camera i was like that's fucking brilliant like that's yeah, this amazing is, this is my favorite one so far i did not like almost anything else about it i thought it was I thought it was boring. I thought um, I liked that it begins with this prologue that's almost like Lynchian. It feels like a dream sequence from a Twin Peaks movie where like a mm. hand gets cut off and it like creeps yeah, across the, the desert. Hand, yeah. And it's like very scary and, and unclear what's going on. Um, but everything else about it, I just thought was so boring. Uh, yeah. For- I, I want to clarify one thing. Yep. I agree. Mm. Hated this movie. Right. It's my favorite one. Okay, this was a B movie for Doctor Jekyll and Sister Hyde. <laughs> I, I saw that. That's such a great title. That's yeah. so funny. Uh, and it was loosely adapted from Bram Stoker's 1903 novel, The Jewel of the Seven Stars. So that's kind mm. of interesting as well. Uh, this is our first female mummy, but it won't be the last. Thank you, Tom Cruise, and whoever played who played Sophia Batella. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, this movie is the most uh, 1971 movie I've ever seen. It's so hilariously early 70s. It's more... How many fl- 1971 movies have you seen? Yeah, I don't know about 71 specifically, but the 70s era, early 70s. It's more, it's more flamboyant, it's more gory, and Richard, it is far more sexual. This is the horniest mm. mummy movie, and that includes the bisexual awakening that is The Mummy, 1999. This movie mm. is so dripping with sex. 
Yeah. Um, fun fact: another uh, 1971 movie, which you may or may may or may not think is more and less 1971, but Escape from the Planet of the Apes. Uh, I would well. say they're definitely competing for the same same prize. Yeah. Out of what else have we got? Um, Diamonds Are Forever. Yep. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Clockwork Orange. There you go. It's a few good movies here. But like, even like, there are shades of a Clockwork Orange in Blood from the Mummy's Tomb. There's a mm. this creepy kinkiness to it but it's the type of kinkiness like your grandparents were into (laughs) i think there's nudity in this one um you know like it's 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 these it's it's disgusting frankly (laughs) (laughs) according to imdb in an interview valerie leon who plays the uh very buxom the dual role lead roles um, she once talked about her refusal to do nude scenes in this and other films, upsetting Hammer producers. Quote, I did three movies where everyone was naked except for me. I kept my clothes on, which was quite bizarre. I lost a lot of work by not disrobing completely. I think it was shyness. I built a wall around myself and became unapproachable. It was the only way I knew how to handle my lack of confidence. Hammer executives were dismayed with Leon. Um, she said, I refused to show too much in any of the publicity shots that I did. I was a disaster on the Hammer Glamour Queen front because I didn't bear all. I've always believed suggestion is more erotic than showing everything anyway. And it's like, you're right. Like, fuck those producers for making you uncomfortable yeah. and, and clearly making you like feel like you need to blame yourself for your lack of confidence, right? Like, hmm. it is more erotic to, sh- to, to suggest than show, yeah. you know? Look at the yeah. mummy, nineteen ninety nine. She's been a um, Bond girl as well. Oh, uh, who was she? Uh, she's in Never Say Never Again, but she was also um, uh. in The Spy Who Loved Me. But um, according to Wikipedia, dumb Wikipedia trivia, hmm. um, Leon is the only actress to have appeared in four of the most popular film series, having starred in the Carry On, James Bond, Hammer Horror, and Pink Panther franchises. <laughs> four, the the big four, the big four <laughs> they call them. Yeah. But it's also, she's the only actress to have appeared in four of the most popular film series. It's like, <laughs> so like you pick any four franchises and be like, yeah, yeah. Um, None of these star uh, one Zoe, actor. <laughs> Zoe, Zoe Saldana's been in them. Yeah, yeah. Because um, she's, well, she's been in Marvel, Star Trek, Avatar. Um, I'm sure she's been in at least one more. And you'd be like, yeah, cool. It's, mm. Avatar's not. And we, we actually can't figure it out. We can't think mm. of a, a fourth one that Zoe Saldana's been in. We're like, oh my God. It is just Valerie Leon. <laughs> Peter Cushing was cast in this film and completed mm-hmm. one day's filming before leaving the production after his wife was diagnosed with emphysema. That'll do it. Uh, and mm. director Seth Holt, remember how I said he only directed part of it and was unofficial? Mm. What do you think happened to him? Uh, I'm devastated to report. I, I, I accidentally found this out already and I was like, fuck, that would have been such a good reveal. Um, and I've ruined that. For That's right. He was canceled <laughs> from life. He died, uh, five weeks into a six week shoot of a heart attack. Uh, it says on, according to Wikipedia, collapsing into the, into cast member, Aubrey Morris's arms and dying on set. That's fucking mental. Well, that's the <laughs> that's insane. craziest thing that's ever happened. That's to the most the interesting mummy. thing. <laughs> yeah, like we've ever seen. Pirates of the Caribbean. So I said, "Arnold's in Pirates of the Caribbean." 
Very nice. Very cool. Very good. Michael Carrera has directed the final week's filming, uh, and for some reason Wikipedia thinks it's necessary to mention that Michael Carrera said Holt's footage did not cut together. <laughs> yeah, he's dead. And, while he's down. And fuck him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Richard, I can't believe I'm saying this, but with at least 10 minutes to go, we're at the end of the podcast. <laughs> I feel bad. I feel like we... I feel great. So we have to continue the franchise. Uh, do you have a good continue the franchise? Uh, I have a joke title I came up with. Uh, we all the titles of these ones. What's your title? Um, so based on Blood from the Mummy's Tomb, I thought of Pee from the Mummy's Balls. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, my one is called... <laughs> Battle Battle Royale Undead Mummy All Out Attack, uh, which is a team up film (laughs) where Imhotep, Karis, Claris, Ra Antef, Prem, and Queen Terra all fight each other. And sure, throw Jet Li in there, throw Sophia Batala, is that her name, in there? Hmm. Is Jet Li a mummy? Sorry, yes, he's in the mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Empire. Right, because, yeah, yeah, fucking throw Jackie Chan in there. Um, <laughs> Bruce Lee! Get Bruce Lee! <laughs> <laughs> um, well, like, I, I was looking at, um, like, Hammer Horror is st- technically still around. Mm. Um, and, like, their recent films are, like, Let Me In, The Resident, Woman in Black, The Quiet Ones, and The Lodge. And, I don't know, again, like, yeah, do I just want to see, like, a, a smart version of these films? Like... <laughs> <sighs> yeah i'm so disappointed well richard we're up to a little segment of the show cool. sorry did you want me to keep talking about that i <laughs> know oh, i feel like pee from the mummy's balls is like not a good enough continue the franchise and i feel like i did come up with one at some point but I can't do you want to take my one about being on a boat the yes. mummy at sea question mark mm. i think more horror movies need sequels set on a boat yeah the yeah i reckon yeah mummy takes manhattan <laughs> All right, ranked at franchise, Richard, over on letterbox.com slash Pops. We have a list of every franchise we've ever done, and it's time to rank the Mummy Hammer series. Um, so we have done uh, 129 franchises, including this one. Where do you think we should rate the mummy 1959 we've rated the mummy universal films at 123 above divergent and below revenge of the nerds so let's start there is this better than the mummy universal movies Uh, sure (laughs) i think it is i think there's like like you said this about uh the shroud but i also thought that while it's like the horniest and like it actually the the um and i should have said this all the time but um (laughs) The uh, Curse of the no, Blood from the Mummy's Tomb actually really reminded me of Fright Night Two. That's um, Fright Night Two: The New Blood, which is like, and 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 even though we didn't like that film, that's the the, the, the most recent one, which was a sequel to the twenty eleven one. It's kind of just like a horny reboot, mm. um, and a it's like you just make the creature real hot. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and it was that kind of thing. But then like the familiarity of that and the kind of like. I've seen this idea done terribly before, and this is kind of just like a, and especially with that ending, it's like this is kind of an interesting take on it. But it's also like, yeah, there are genuine, interesting moments of filmmaking in it as well. Mm. Like you said, the lynching intro, and that's that's kind of what what drew me to the to that last one, and also the fact it was real horny. It already sounds like we're thinking it's better than the Mummy nineteen thirty two. Then 
yeah. at the very least Richard it's hornier mm. um so I think that I think I'd probably rather watch these than watch Revenge of the Nerds uh, yeah. and I know what you did last summer as well mm. I don't the next one up at 120 is 300 which I don't think it's probably not better than than 300 no that. especially if we're talking like horniness <laughs> 300 rising of an empire yeah uh, yeah so i'm gonna that. place it there then below 300 and above i know he did last summer at 121 does that cool. sound good all right and other than that uh what are we doing next week richard uh we're gonna be covering the mummy and i know what you're thinking <laughs> <laughs> But it and is. Yes, it is. It is. It the, is. We're doing so. Next week, we're going to be doing the Mummy 1999, the Mummy Returns 2001, and the Mummy Tomb of the Dragon Empire 2008. Eight. And then the Mummy 2017. We're going to throw that in oh, there yeah. because I keep forgetting after there, there's nowhere else to put that one, unfortunately. Uh, and we'll talk about what it looks like when you get this idea good. I think, and then promptly ruin it <laughs> with its sequels. <laughs> uh, and then what it looks like when you get it wrong as well. The modern mummy movies. Film franchise Fortnite's modern mummy movies. So that'll be in next week's episode. If you enjoyed this week's episode, uh, please consider liking us on Facebook, following us on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, you can subscribe to the Cole Popshire YouTube channel where we do little video essays. And you can also subscribe to cult popshire again which is where we post the podcast so you might be listening to that here already you can join our discord tell us what you thought of this episode you can do that by joining the discord there's a link in the show notes as well as a patreon if you want to support us financially you're welcome to do so that's over at patreon.com slash where richard for as little as a dollar mate you can tell but. us which films we should watch you could have stopped this whole fucking charade if you just paid a dollar yeah so that's over on Patreon. Uh, but speaking of Patreon, stay tuned for the post credit scene that'll happen after this music plays. Um, Richard, do you have any... Do you, do you, do you, are you feeling emotional knowing that you will almost definitely never see these movies again in the rest of your life? <laughs> uh, no, I'm not confident to. God! Um. You never know. <laughs> life, life's a long time. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty, everybody. Um, I wish I knew any Egyptian. What's? I wish what's... I knew how to quit you. <laughs> Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. All right, and welcome everybody to the post credit scene. This is a scene, a segment even, where at the end of each episode, after the music stops, you get to give us something to talk about if you donate to our Patreon, either $5 or more than $5 a month. If you do Those that, are your two options. Yep, you get to give us something to talk about, and this is the post credit scene. Richard, lay it on me. Who's it from, and what is it? Uh, all right, there's another one uh, comes to us from Sarah Velling, who sent in 
a bunch of questions at mm. once, which, as we always say, you're more than welcome to do. Please do. Uh, and Sarah asks a question I feel like we've answered before, but I'm going <laughs> to do it anyway. Uh, would you rather make a film that, while being a blockbuster, is very neg- negativity received by critics or an amazing yet modest film that you will never see become successful in your lifetime? Uh, I feel like I've been asked this question 1,000 times, all by different yeah. people, you know, yeah. on and off podcast. Uh, but I'm going to do a reverse Uno card and say, jokes on you. I don't even want to make a fucking movie. <laughs> really? No, that's not true. So what are the options? Make a blockbuster that's... It's very negatively received or by ma- critics. Or make a a positively received film. Amazing yet modest film that you will never see become successful in your lifetime. That one. Yeah, like, yeah. That Feels like it would yeah. still lead to more work. And you're exactly. not a, that, not that, a hack. That's the thing. Yeah, like yeah, that, that that is actually the thing that I yeah, it feels like you would still have a better career with that, and and yeah, I'm, like who's seen like who's seen fucking safety not guaranteed? That guy made Jurassic World. You don't yeah, need exactly. to make. I've seen it. Well, it's so have I, but. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, no, I thought that that's how we usually end the post-credit okay. scenes. You kind of just uh, laughing at it trails off. Okay, should we end it there then? Well, yeah, we could just end it here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>